What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. We get messages all the time from people who receive help from this. And people tune in from all over the place. Continue to do that. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online through giving and generosity, thank you so very much for doing that. Maybe by meeting our new $10 challenge, you're allowing us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. Thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. Let's start today's message off with some joy. I saw online uh, this week something really funny. Someone posted this. They said, if you text me at night and I don't text back, that just means I'm out running errands with Batman. Listen, sometimes we love to make excuses, and sometimes our excuses are really, really hard to believe, but we don't care. We make them anyway. And so today we begin a brand new exciting series about how amazing our God is, about how powerful our God is, and the things that He does in our personal life when we worship Him. And this series is called Shaking the Earth. Now, let me just say this. My parents are my heroes, my mom and my dad. My dad passed away from complications of leukemia about five years ago. But man, I loved my dad and my dad loved God and my dad loved people and my dad believed in worship and my dad believed in prayer and my dad believed in faith and my dad believed in loving all people. And my dad told me one time that when people who love God and love other people come together to pray and worship, that God can do big things and God can do amazing things. Sometimes God can even shake the earth. And then he showed me this verse that was one of his favorite verses. And I never forgot about this verse because it's so odd. I never forgot about this verse because it's so powerful. I never forgot about this verse because it talks about the amazing things that can happen in our personal lives and in our churches and in our community groups of believers and friends, brothers and sisters, when we really come together to worship. God. And so notice this today. In the book of Acts, when the early church was first starting, they were facing harsh, harsh adversity because they were facing harsh, harsh persecution. Many times losing their life or getting thrown into prison just for having faith, just for loving God, just for following Jesus. And at one time, as they were facing this harsh adversity, they were all getting together to pray together and worship together in the same place. And they were praying for courage and worshiping God and asking God to give them courage, courage to be bold, to still follow Jesus in the face of this adversity, in the face of of this pain, in the face of this confusion, and in the face of this persecution. And as they're all praying together, notice what happens in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. Notice this, after they were praying and worshiping together, it says, the place where they were meeting began to shake. The walls begin to shake. The floor begin to shake. The earth begin to shake as they were all praying and worshiping together, calling out to God, asking for courage. So let me point this out. Notice what's happening in their personal hearts and in their lives as a community of friends, a community of believers, and a community of worshipers as they all came together to pray and worship God. But first, let me just share my heart with you today about worship 
and what worship has done in my heart and in my life. And let me just point this out and remember this. The voices that you and I let control our mind will eventually control our life, and this is truth. The voices that I let control my mind will one day control my life. If I let the voice of anxiety control my mind, if I let the voice of depression control my mind, if I let the voice of jealousy, the voice of loneliness, the voice of being a victim, the voices of making excuses, because we all like to make excuses, the voices of addiction, if I let these voices control my mind, those are the very same voices that one day are going to dictate my life and control my life, which means they're going to control my actions, my reactions, my impulses, my decision, my decision making, my plans. It affects everything. The voices that I let control my mind will one day control my entire life. And so we have to be careful what we let control our mind and the voices that we listen to. This is why filling our heart and our mind and our thoughts and our soul with the worship is so very crucial and so very important. It's important to victory. It's important to inner peace. It's important to inner health. And it's important to a joyful and a positive outlook on life. Letting worship consume your mind and your heart is crucial to this because when I worship, guess what voice starts to fill my mind? Guess what voice starts to fill my heart? Guess what voice starts to fill my spirit? It's the voice of Jesus. And it's the voice of Jesus that calms down all the other storms and all the other voices in my heart and in my soul and in my mind and in my spirit. It's the voice of Jesus that leads me to clarity in my decision making. It's the voice of Jesus that leads me to a peaceful emotional health and a peaceful mental health. It's the voice of Jesus that leads me to hope and it's the voice of Jesus that leads me to stability in my decision making because let me tell you something. We have all of these inner signals in our heart, these inner alarms and alerts in our soul and in our spirit and these signals in our soul, this is what they are. They're alerts, they're alarms in our life and these signals are trying to alert us that it's time to worship and it's time to pray. Catch that. We all have these inner signals in our heart, in our soul, in our spirit. And these signals are trying to alarm us and alert us that it's time. Time for what? It's time to worship and it's time to pray. My anxiety is an inner signal alerting me that it's time to worship. My depression is an inner signal alerting me that it's time to worship. My confusion and my fear is an inner signal alerting me that it's time to pray and worship. My irrational decisions, my irrational thinking, my irrational words, my lack of self-control sometimes, my restlessness is a signal on the inside alerting me that it's it's time. It's time to do what? It's time to worship and it's time to pray. It's all an inner signal letting me know that it's time to draw close to Jesus Christ because we all know that God doesn't change our circumstances, but God can absolutely change our heart in our difficult circumstances. And this is why we need to worship and pray so we can fill our mind and our voice with Jesus Christ because we all know the voices that you and I let control our mind and fill our mind will one day dictate and control our life. And that's just coming from my heart today. This is why I believe in worship and prayer so much because it brings healing to our mind, healing to our emotions, healing to our soul, healing to our circumstance. Worship can set us free. So back to this earth-shaking prayer and worship meeting that we see in the book of Acts as the early church is coming together together to pray for boldness and courage and love the first thing I want us to apply to our life today as we look at this scene in this story is this and remember this today if you're still with me Sam's still with you we cannot expect to avoid adversity in this life 
These believers were facing adversity just for loving God. Loving God does not exclude you from difficult times. It doesn't remove you from adversity. They were facing adversity because they loved God. And in the same way, no matter what in this life, there's going to be times when we face, we cannot escape mental adversity, emotional adversity, relationship adversity, circumstantial adversity, financial adversity, personal adversity and faith adversity in this life. Sometimes life is easy, but sometimes the heaviness of life just surrounds you. And during these times, we have to be careful what voices we let speak to us and what voices we let consume our mind because the voices that we let consume our mind will one day control our life. The next thing I want us to take away from this story and apply to our life today is this. Remember this today, that courage is a necessity when we're facing personal adversity. They were praying for courage and boldness and help because they needed it. There's going to be choices and decisions and moves that you make in this life because adversity is forcing you to make these decisions and these choices and these moves. And all of this is going to require courage. To make the wisest step, you need courage. To make the wisest decision, you need courage. To make the wisest choice, you need courage. To choose the voice of Jesus over all the other voices that are trying to speak to you and dictate your life, you need courage. You're going to need courage to do what's right. You need courage to have endurance. You need courage to stand your ground. You need courage to stick with your boundaries. You need courage to stay close to God. Adversity requires courage. The next thing is this, and remember this today. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. The strength that we get from personal worship and prayer is spiritual, unexplainable, sustaining and much bigger and more powerful than you and I could ever imagine. While they were worshiping together, while they were seeking God together in the same place, all of a sudden the earth began to shake. The walls began to tremble. The place where they were meeting began to tremble. As they were worshiping God, they literally shook the earth and they were filled with boldness. They worshiped so they worshiped God so hard that the literal place where they were praying and worshiping God began to shake. Earth shakers. And don't we need that today when our hearts are broken? That we have a family of worshipers that we can come together with and shake the earth? That when our hearts are confused, that we have a family of worshipers, brothers and sisters that we can come together with and worship with and shake the earth. When our hearts are hurting, when our hearts are strong, when our hearts are full of sadness, when our hearts are full of joy, when we're facing adversity, that we have a family that we can come together with and worship God so hard that we can shake the earth. But why worship God? Good question. Why worship Jesus? Good question. Let me tell you why. Because he's done enough on the cross. He's done enough because he loves me more than anything and so I worship him because he's given me a reason to wake up and live and so I worship him because Jesus died on the cross and I didn't deserve it and so I worship him Jesus bled for me when I didn't deserve it Jesus was arrested for me when I didn't deserve it Jesus was humiliated for me when I didn't deserve it Jesus was courageous for me on the cross when I didn't deserve it and so I worship him Jesus faced the adversity of the cross for me when I didn't deserve it and so I worship him but again why I worship 
worship. Well, again, because there's lots of voices competing for my attention today. There's lots of voices out there competing for my heart today and competing for my soul today, trying to speak to my mind, speak to my future, speak to my fears, speak to my soul, speak to my concerns. And we all know that the voices that I let consume my mind will one day control my life. And there's only one voice that I need to listen to, and that's the voice of Jesus. And that's another reason why I worship him and shake the earth so I can quiet all the other distracting voices in this life and hear clearly and follow clearly the voice of love, the voice of grace, the voice of mercy, the voice of forgiveness. That's the voice of Jesus Christ. I also worship because I need strength and so do you. And so remember this today about worship. The strength that I get from personal worship is spiritual, unexplainable, and bigger than you and I could ever imagine. When they were praying and worshiping God together, they literally shook the earth. And many times I need that strength because the voices that I let consume my mind will one day consume my life. And I need to make sure that my mind is filled with the voice of love, the voice of Jesus. I need the voice of love and so I worship. I need the voice of faith and so I worship and shake the earth. The voice of grace and so I worship and shake the earth. I need the voice of mercy and so I worship and shake the earth. I need the voice of forgiveness and the voice of courage and the voice of courage and the voice of courage, the voice of Jesus. And so I worship and shake the earth. Why? Because the voices I let consume my mind will one day control my life and I want the voice of Jesus to consume my mind so I can follow him. I remember one time when I was pastoring in Starks, there was a lady who was passing away. Her name was Miss Dogay. She was in her 90s and her family called me over. Her husband called me over. He was in his 90s too. Their kids, their grandkids, they were all there. She was getting ready to pass away. She was in their living room on a hospital bed under hospice care. So when I went over that evening to pray with the family, I walked in and Miss Dogay was in the corner. Nobody was around her. She had her eyes closed and she was praying, talking to Jesus. She was having a real conversation with Jesus. Everybody could hear it. Nobody was saying a word. She wasn't asking Jesus just to take her to heaven. She wasn't asking Jesus to heal her, to take her pain away. She wasn't just saying, oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. It's my time to go. She was having a real literal conversation with Jesus. And I remember thinking that day when I left, that's a perfect example of letting the voice of Jesus consume your mind so it can quiet all the other voices in your life. And she did that through prayer and worship. It felt like she was shaking the earth as she was passing away to go see Jesus. Several years ago, I was getting ready to drive to Simpson, Louisiana to preach a revival. And one of my friends that I knew that I grew up with, his name was Jeff. He was having a very difficult time. He had to move away from his kid. He went through a very bad separation and divorce. He couldn't hardly see his son. He was really struggling with it. And so I said, man, why don't you ride with me tonight all the way to Simpson, Louisiana, and you can, uh, you can just hang out with me. I'm going to go preach this revival. And after the service, we can find us something to eat somewhere on the way home. And we can just hang out. And I knew if I got him to that worship service and he was under worship and he started to worship Jesus, Jesus could give him clarity. Because on the way there, when he was riding with me, he was so heartbroken and sad because he couldn't see his son. He was missing his son. He was concerned about his son. He was far away from his son. It was just destroying him on the inside. 
And so we went to that worship service and I just saw him let go and shake the earth and worship God. And on the way home that night, I could tell that the voice of Jesus was speaking to him because he was worshiping God that night and the voice of Jesus just got louder and more clear. And on the way home, he looked at me and he says, Tony, I think I'm gonna move to Texas closer to my son. I think I'm gonna do that. And I'm just gonna be a dad and dedicate everything I have to my son. He says, I feel like God told me that tonight to quit my job, move to Texas and be close to my son, find another job so I can be there and help raise him. And I looked at him and I said, man, I think God has spoken to you very clearly. But what was that? That was him getting himself in a situation where he could worship God and shake the earth to quiet all the other voices in his life so he could hear the voice of Jesus. But what else could we say today about worship? Because all the voices I let control my mind, consume my mind, will one day consume my life. And I want the voice of Jesus to control my life. So I have to let the voice of Jesus consume my mind. So what else can we say today about worship? What does God have to say today about worship? Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, there's no grapes on the vines. Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren. Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Yet I will worship and rejoice in the Lord. I will be thankful in the God of my salvation. What do you do when you have adversity? You shake the earth and worship. Isaiah 25, 1. O oh Lord, I will honor and praise and worship your name for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago and now you have accomplished them. What do you do when you face adversity to quiet down all those distracting voices? You worship God and hear the voice of Jesus. John chapter four, verses 23 through 24. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those to worship him him that way for God is spirit so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth what do you do when you face adversity you worship God and hear the voice of Jesus Romans 12 1 and so dear brothers and sisters I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind that God will find acceptable this is truly the way to worship him what do you do when you need to hear the voice of Jesus because you need clarity? You shake the earth and you worship God. James chapter four, verses seven through eight. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil. He will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts and don't let your loyalty be divided between God and the world. What do you do when you face difficult times and you need clarity and you need to hear the voice of Jesus you worship God, you give him everything and shake the earth in worship. John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, they follow me. I give them eternal life, they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he's more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my father's hand. The Father and I are one. How amazing is that? 
One of the reasons why we worship. Jesus is going to grab a hold of you and he's never going to let you go. And we hear his voice when we worship. When we worship him, why is this so important? Well, again, this is why it's so important to worship Jesus Christ. I'm going to leave you with this today and remember this. Because the voices that I let control my mind will eventually control my life. And if I want the voice of Jesus to consume my mind and control my life, what do I do? I shake the earth and I worship him in my most difficult times. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Continue to stay tuned in for an amazing time of worship with the amazing Water's Edge worship team. We love you all. We hope you have a wonderful week.